You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 385th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. Did you miss us? This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in Minneapolis, where I'm almost certain it's snowing for the last time. Uh-huh. And this is Spencer in Western Massachusetts, where the you guys... smugness I, of that uh-huh. It was so I, I am I I'm feeling recovered. I'm recovered. feeling recuperated. Yeah. Uh, from our high altitude training camp that we were at for the last oh, two yeah. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Fully uh, recharged, like from the streets of Slovenia. Oh, wow. We um, we actually, we did like a military style boot camp uh, training to really build some team trust, trust here yeah. on the yeah. podcast. Yeah, it was great. Um, heading into the tour season because, um, you know, it's a big time of year for us. Yeah. I mean, what better way... To show our <laughs> listeners we care than to take the two most important weeks of sp- the spring classics off. Yeah. Well, um, Amstel and Flanders. Amstel and Flanders, that's no. right. <laughs> it, some, some would say take them off. Some would say screw up the calendar. Um, you know, but whatever it was. I mean, we got a fair amount of emails asking how things were. Mm-hmm. I had people that saw me at Sea Otter going like, is everything okay back at base camp? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, everything's fine. We're just doing some military drills. Everything's going to be good. Taking some Uh few weeks off. Uh Um, I mean, I think things are looking up for the slow ride. Uh, Head over to our Instagram account and you can see we're still there. (laughs) Is it? How does that work? I don't don't have another Instagram I think it exists. So so if anybody was really digging into how the slow ride pod was doing and decided to check the social media feed, they'll see the it's, Twitter account still alive and active at yeah, the slow ride pod. Yeah, ba- it's been a good couple of weeks. Bangers, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Instagram, however, has been uh, kind of um, missing. Well, it's It's been, uh, well, little guy, what happened exactly? Yeah, little guy, how'd you lock us out of it? <laughs> at some point in the last two weeks, I just uh-huh. casually o- went to open the Instagram account uh-huh. And it popped up a little message. It was like, "Hey, you know, we gotta verify how old you are." And I tried to oh, just, yeah. I tried to just not do anything because I don't want to give them any information. But it was like, "No, you you gotta tell us how old you are. You can't can't look at pictures of bicycles." And um, <laughs> so I told them we were eight because the podcast is eight years old, <laughs> and I didn't want to give uh-huh. them my age. And then. Um, immediately they said, oh, you're not old enough to be on Instagram, and they locked us out, and I appealed, and they have not responded or answered. I'm, I'm well, sure we're at the top of their list of appeals. To, to be fair, it can't, the legal department can't really deal with your appeal as you're only eight years old. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, no. solid, solid thought process, though, that you know, to, uh, oh. to separate yourself from the podcast. It's the account. podcast like, account. Like you were it's not ed- my account. I mean. <laughs> now, what's weird is 
most masters racers are super proud of the fact that they are masters racers and what age category they're in. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. just really bucked the trend there by being like, oh no, I am not mm-hmm. in yeah, my I'm 35 eight. plus 40 plus category. I am eight. And I'm going to destroy those other eight year old Instagram accounts. <laughs> 10 years from now, we'll be legal age to have our own Instagram account. Hopefully by then, the appeals process by our friends at, at Zucklandia will have approved our appeal to get back into the account. I had some oh. real banging photos to uh, publish from the, um, the gravel race that was Sea Otter. Yeah. Uh-huh. And by gravel race, I mean the same exact course that was the cross-country mountain bike race. Yeah. Um, but yeah, same you course. Know. And okay. If first first event of the lifetime Grand Prix, uh, which you know we've been hyping up, so little guy really crushing it with the uh, timing there on everything. I mean, sea hey. otter and uh, events and everything. Um, yeah, we haven't been on the ground at an event in quite some time, little guy. So. A very visual event too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I you know my my general thought process with all these big companies is just to lie to them about uh-huh. everything. Uh-huh. And uh, I guess yeah. that kind of bit you know, me in the again this time. This so. gives us a good opportunity, though, to really get ahead of the curve because I feel like a lot of the cycling industry is just jumping onto the social media. You know, they're getting the hang of the Instagram, they're jumping on the TikToks and the uh, Snapchats and things. Um, we can just jump one. We're going to play four dimensional social media chess here and just we're going to be prepared for the metaverse before everyone else because we're not going to be worried about instagram anymore yeah we won't be distracted yeah we're going to move into the next thing and do virtual um what is the next thing the virtual the virtual i thought maybe the metaverse with the nfts oh i thought we were going to pivot back just pivot back to the tumblr account no No. That still exists. (laughs) We need, I mean, if Tumblr can get on um, like smart contracts and like the blockchain, um, maybe. But I think the future is in uh, decentralized uh, Web3 uh, economics. That sounds like stuff. I I I mean, mean, at some point, I do want to have my apes stolen. I'm you huge... look like you already did. Uh, if we hearken back to the green room uh, conversation where Tim accused you of looking like um, the man in yellow from Curious George with your yellow shirt on, which I think was a little harsh, but also <laughs> I mean, fair. I, I think accusation is pretty pretty harsh. I think fact yeah, is a, uh, probably what should be. Try to put um, it on Instagram. Good luck. I mean, we have three uh, three weeks of pot solid podcast material to yeah. get to get through here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can now, tell we're intimidated by the amount that we're, I mean, stalling. I can spend all day talking about, um, you know, cool stuff, but mm-hmm. let's be honest. There's, there's probably some Amstel call, uh, gold, uh, chatter. There's, there's an American uh-huh. that won, uh, uh, Schneidel priest. Um, yeah. so yeah. Where do you guys want to go? What, what do we want to talk about here? He didn't win Schneidel Priest. He won no. Radebra Real. I was just going to let that one slide. Yeah, Christoph won Schneidel <laughs> Priest or whatever. But uh, the, the, the one with the, bre- the B you can't pronounce was won by um, American Magnus Sheffield, which is the most British-sounding name, which is the reason I believe he's on Ineos, because they thought he was British when they signed him. But yeah. he's obviously pretty good. <laughs> um, let's start there at a midweek race when we've got a couple monuments to talk about. It was a great Maybe race. we can... Work out a um, 
a trade for Ben Turner with uh, Magna Sheffield because they, you know, well, the one is English, mm-hmm. and but they're both on Ineos, so maybe I don't know. So today, today at Flanders, Ben Turner had a little. He like crashed or kind of slipped in a corner, and and my son Tom Boone and Tom Boone, and when I was like, "Ooh, Ben Turner fell in that corner," he was like, "Ben Turner turning." <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. See, he's picking up good. the tactics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, listening to Phil and Bob is really inspiring him. Well, where do oh. we start? We we sort of started in the middle. <sighs> Should we go back to Flanders for a minute? Because this is. It's well, all nonsense. It's all old news to all our listeners, yeah. so I th- I feel like it's okay to jump around a little bit. But were there any surprises that came out of Flanders that uh, had you on the edge of your seat for Paris Roubaix? Let's say. I don't know, surprise, but I felt like Kung rode such a big Flanders mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. him being on the podium today, I I thought he would, yeah, definitely was in for the win at Roubaix, and he came he came darn close, but. That he rode so well at Flanders, I think, sort of confirmed to me that he was going to be one of the top few at, you, at, you know. at Roubaix, and it, and that was true. But do you think that the bigger the bigger question, I guess, I have is after Flanders, did you expect Van Barl to win Roubaix? I, I think that's the thing about Van Barl is no one ever expects him to win, but when you look at his results, he's had yeah. some really good results. Because he got up. second at Flanders. So you think that that would be like, oh, the odds are going to be looking pretty good. For whatever reason, he's one of those riders that, I don't know, I don't know what it is. There's right, Barbaro goes in this weird category of riders that if you look at, just look at the result sheets. Like if you came into cycling today for the first time, you'd be like, this mm-hmm. guy's a superstar, right? You'd look at his result sheets next to like Wout and Vanderpolis and you'd be like, well, he's right there. And... But for some reason, he doesn't hold the public's attention in the way like those guys do. But if if you compare their springs, yeah, you'd probably say Van Barl had the like you could you could make a case that Van Barl had just as good a spring or better. You know, he's right there with Vanderpool and Wout, and it's like, why yeah. why are the we not media, having Van Barl a Van Barl craze yeah. right now? You know what I mean? The the media domination of Wout versus Vanderpool. Um, just kind of clouding everyone's judgment there and overlooking Van Barl. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, a fair assessment. Maybe uh, people need to zoom out, take a bigger look at the cycling scene in general. It's not just Sagan anymore uh, in the classics, right? <laughs> well, no, but I mean, Van Barl, like you look at his results. I mean, he's he was top, he was, he was fourth in Flanders in 2017, you know? Like, it's not like he's, yeah. it's not like he's new. I mean, and it's it's crazy it, that he flies so under the radar. I feel like until at does least does he fly under the radar because he's he on Ineos. Up. Well, we could talk about that. Ineos is threw together quite the classic season this year. Like they've always been they, the Grand Tour they, team that couldn't do it, and yeah. they did it this year. Like they all completely over the uh, stepped the entire uh, spring yeah. classics season. Yeah, and quickstepped completely cofidist it. The whole season. It's insane. You just said Ineos, just to be clear, when you said Ineos couldn't do it, you're not talking about Grand Tours because they did win seven. Right? No, I'm saying that... W- no, they can't do spring. I was pre- Previously, okay. they couldn't really get their spring act together. It, you know, like Except for Pitcock. Well, Pitcock, that, but that was just from last year. I, previously, okay. like they had, had Kwiatkowski win some stuff, but like in the cobbled classics, right? They had Standard, they had Wiggins, they had mm-hmm. G thrown at these G. things. And Famously, never, yeah. Like they had this results, but considering the size of their budget and how much they dominated Grand Tours, they were sort of. 
Did, you know, whatever. Can we get to the big news? You guys, Garrett Thomas got married, right? That's a different Garrett Thomas. <laughs> oh, it is? <laughs> yeah. That's the other one on, on Twitter that loves to be like, oh, no, I didn't crash my bike, guys, or whatever, whenever yeah. anything happens to to G. Yeah. He's, oh, that's... he's a different Garrett Thomas. But, I mean, congratulations to him. I mean, it's still yeah. a huge life event. And that's wish a, him well, I was just going to say, like, that I won't take it personally that I wasn't invited. Yeah, no, I mean, it that's makes true. even more sense you weren't invited to this one. You guys are probably multiple to degrees farther separation in the world. Because you've, t- you've talked to Tom Boone, and we know, so, which means you're one step away from G, because he's probably got G's number, right? So of all of Matthew Vanderpool's victories, he's now a two-time Tour de Flanders winner. I mean, Tim just completely ignoring the uh, the hook, line, and sinker you gave him there to, to brag about talking to Tom Boone in yeah, this I know. past week. I'm surprised, but let's, that's fine. Well, yeah, let's I talk mean, about you know, it's kind of it's it's all okay. First off, yes, I talked to Tom Boone and Ed Seattle. It was Are a little awkward. Are you taller awkward. than him, or is he taller than you? He's taller than me. He had his ears tucked behind his hat, like inside of his hat, like he was wearing uh-huh. a hat. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't see the tips of his ears. It was really awkward, and he's kind of a close talker. Really? He was getting a little too close. That's funny. Post COVID world, like, I want dude. at least like a foot or two. Like you know, I <laughs> yeah. mean, great guy, love him. Um, he really enjoyed giving us a drop for the podcast. Yeah, that's probably the pin- pinnacle of his day. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I didn't have much to talk to him about because I was just like. Hey, really like your bike racing, man. Go get because I didn't want to talk about what he was selling because I I'm not yeah, a tech guy. You weren't you weren't just straight out of the gate with so so Cancelera had a motor, right? <laughs> no, I should have. Real ask the real hard hitting questions that no one else is going to ask. It's um, been long enough. I think he did admit it if he knew. I probably should have asked him who he thought was going to win Roubaix. Should have probably asked him. You know, if he thinks that Matthew Vanderpool is better than Walt Van Art, yeah, gotten him on the record. It's all kinds and of stuff you could have asked him. Yeah, in retrospect, I totally failed because I was oh. totally in awe standing next right. to him. Look, so I figured get... out why Tim didn't want to brag about it. Actually, <laughs> yeah, I we failed. Can... <laughs> yeah. So back to Matthew Vanderpool's amazing win. I mean, his back injury is no more, apparently, uh-huh. or at least that's what you would think two weeks ago. And he wins a great race. Fantastic. What's next? Right? We have Wout Van Aert, who's clearly going to be the Grand Tour winner at some point because of how his career is projecting. Uh, clearly. What's next for Matthew Vanderpool? Oh, this season. I think yeah. he'll win some, win some stages of some Grand Tours. Probably pull out early. Chill. Chill. He, he said Hang he wanted out. to complete them, didn't he? Right? He's going to but- do... He's gonna do. He wants I mean, to do two grand tours this year, which seems bonkers. But I guess let me tell you why I'm miles. asking. Okay, why are you asking? Because he only got ninth today at Paris Roubaix. Some people would say that's a career defining, like career defining result, right? He got ninth place. Fantastic, Matthew Vanderpool. I'm utterly disappointed. I think he's now yeah. washed up. You know, I'm, I'm like, ah, oh, this guy's horrible, and he's got like it, a career. He's got a top ten at Roubaix. It is very unfortunate that uh, the uh, no. I, I, it's fortunate. I don't know. Let me think about this. Let me, w- let me walk through this. If you had a bad day on the bike, if you just got your tactics all wrong and luck just didn't go your way and you finished ninth at Paris-Roubaix, yeah. 
you'd, you'd be pretty stoked still though, right? You'd be like, wow, everything went wrong and I still got top 10. Yeah. And that's how he lives. Yeah. You think he's, you think he feels that way? That's kind of what it sounded like the inter- the post interview I heard. He was just sort of like, I didn't have the legs. I didn't feel that good. You know, the team did <laughs> a mean, lot of work. I couldn't follow. I, like I couldn't follow, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, Spencer, I rode my bike across the state of Florida. I haven't wanted to ride my bike since because it's all been downhill since. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, you yeah. Know, I, he should retire now with a ninth place finish at Paris or Bay. It'd be the peak of the world. I think yeah. he's okay. But I no. mean, he, he seemed off the he, pace at Amstel and he got, what, fourth? Fifth? Yeah. That's like, what, it's just, and he seemed like you kind of felt like watching that, you're like, uh, he's not feeling that good. But he's still just will, like, bananas. Pop up fourth. It's bananas. Fifth. It is just crazy to think that my initial reaction of watching Paris Roubaix was just being like, man, Matthew Vanderpool, what a failure. <laughs> Two weeks after he won Flanders for the second time <laughs> and he gets ninth place. I'm just like, uh-huh. wow, it just doesn't have it. Well, Van Art smoked him. It's just like the rivalry that we've always dreamed of is never going to happen. He should just go back to racing cross. <laughs> so then that brings up the next question. Um, Wout Van Art, uh, on the fence as to whether he's even going to start Paris-Roubaix out with illness the week leading up to the race. Mind games? Or was he actually sick? Did he have, did he have the old upper respiratory? No, he oh, full, yeah. full on had COVID, yeah. The yeah. real deal. No lies. Yeah, it kind of seemed like mind games because I thought he was going to be... I thought he'd get dropped like halfway through the race. So yeah. I was surprised. And to so, be fair, he did. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah, that's true. So we got to talk about the women's race for yeah, sure. The only on one the men's race, <laughs> the men's race, we got old uncle Phil. Oh yeah. And cousin Bob on the call. Oh the, uh, man. The only it's, rider out there with worse timing luck for sickness, uh, over wild Vinner was Mariana Voss, uh, who yes. got sick this morning and had to yeah. pull out of the race yeah. or the morning of the race. Yeah, that was a bummer. And my favorite, Marlon Ruser or whatever, I pronounced her name wrong, who I predicted she would also, I thought her uh-huh. and Kung would be the Swiss, we'd have the Swiss TT domination at Roubaix, and she had to, she had to DNS. Too, oh. I was pretty bummed, leading so into the women's race on Saturday. But. We're kind of jumping around here. We do need to get to Taco Vanderhorn getting 16th place um, oh, real quick. That's incredible. In group sprint for 15th, he's set up to get 16th. So if anybody has Love that, it. I know a friend of the pod, Jesse Reentz, was on the course out there in Paris, Roubaix, checking it all Paris, out. Maybe he has. Maybe he can give us. Maybe he can give us a update on if he was, yeah. uh, you know, told Taco to go for sixteenth. I don't know. Great Probably. to see. Um, it's it's good to see that sixteenth out of Taco because uh, one Dylan Van Barl in twenty sixteen did finish sixteenth place yep. at Paris Roubaix. So big things could be in that man's future. It's like we're onto something. So like on the men's race, we had um, Bob and Uncle Phil. Uh-huh. Eh. Women's race, however, was a lot of fun to watch. Trek, basically putting everything out, and they're just now the two-time. Like it's you might as well just call it the Trek Paris Roubaix for women because uh, it was a dominating performance. Such a good race, dominating. But so, before I get into details. On the women's Paris Bay, which was incredible, um, I just want to ask a, a philosophical question, I guess, about the women's Paris Bay and why on earth. So Paris Bay 
hands down the best single day classic that there is. I know people like to debate, but it's the best one far and away every year. It's always the best. We all know it. We all love it. Why for so long did we not want to have two Perry Roubaix in a year with a women's race and a men's race? Like what was the logical reason? Allow like, me to introduce you things- to the stereotypes of France. Yeah. Sex, sex <laughs> and like how this race powerful. is incredible. Let's not do it two times and enjoy well, really it two days on the weekend. Like, what a stupid... It, this this weekend yes. was a, absolutely incredible. And it shows how backwards the ASO and the US, UCI is. Yeah, because, it's right, stunning. first and yeah. foremost, here's the thing, is that Paris, home of the French Open, has given us countless times where women's professional tennis has taken the upper mm-hmm. hand against men's professional tennis every summer at the French Open. So you think anybody with a rational mind would be like, hmm, do you think we could do this for our most famous race that isn't the Tour de France, which, oh, let's give them one day of a stage. You know, now, right, now at least right. it's a week-long stage. But Paris-Roubaix, I mean, it's a full weekend of awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's, I, it was really nice to have, too. I agree. Yeah, just just watching that race the whole the whole time, I was just like, I can't believe we haven't been doing this for at, at minimum a decade by now. You know, mm-hmm. it's. Uh, but congrats to Trek, who dominated for a second year running. Um, I thought they were in a great race, um, despite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would I would assume uh, Belsamo being their uh, yeah their go to like their team leader. Um, they still pulled it off, but. Uh, yeah, she got pretty good racing on her hands cause some problems. <laughs> the old Nabali sticky bottle, sticky car. Um, so came did, back and bite her. I, I don't know if I'm making this up, but it seemed like when I was watching <laughs> probably it, no balsamo got <laughs> DQ'd, right? Like yes. uh-huh. on the live feed, they were like, Oh, look at that sticky bottle. And they're like, kind of going back like, did she get DQ'd? Yeah. yeah, she got DQ'd. And then, uh, and then, uh, Borghini attacked like, almost right away after that yeah and and you know she was probably the second option going in for that team do you think it was literally just they said in her ear oh uh it's all you now yeah and that was it was out go it seemed like the second that information got relayed to her she just was like oh well cards on the table and she's uh-huh. gone. <laughs> like, no waiting around anymore. Like, she she's just been, like, waiting at that point. I mean, that was what impressed me the most, I guess, was that she yeah. was... If they had gone with Balsamo to the finish, they would have had, you know... Yeah. Those two would have to, like, fight it out as teammates or something. But, yeah, it, it definitely seemed like it was like, well, now, now I'm going to ride my race. See ya. Yeah. It was... Uh, there was so much going on in that race. It was awesome. But I did see a comment float around on on Twitter, and I can't remember who who said it, but um, they made the point that uh, the... Much like the, the changing of the guard is happening in the men's side of, of things, on the women's side, the kind of the Dutch domination is slipping away to Italian domination uh, with the women's racing with Balsamo and Borghini and like a bunch of other women as well, like, uh, doing really well, uh, in these races. So something to think about. That's a solid shout. Should be, uh, something we're going to have to, uh, continue to keep an eye on. Tiffany Cromwell got the uh, 16th place, um, for the old Canyon Shram racing team, which is a, uh, 
always some solid kits. But I'd say that the um, overall, seeing the Trek dominance and then also how Trek reacts to it, it seems that they're totally leading into like, wait, mm-hmm. why didn't we do this thing for 180 years or two or however long <laughs> Paris Bay has been going on? Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. I think that's right. Yeah. 455. <laughs> um, seems like it. The uh, the other things that were going on over the last couple weeks outside of road racing is it was the first ever mountain bike World Cup in South America in Brazil. That oh, I think right. deserves a little bit of shout. Um, Avacini kind of created a course in Petropolis. Petropolis. I, I don't know. You know, just trust me for pronunciations. But yeah. Rebecca McConnell of Australia takes the win on the women's side of things over Anne Terpstra and Lona LeCompte. And then on the men's side, it was. Um, do you guys want to guess soon who won? <laughs> uh, uh, Nino Nino Scherter, uh imagine that in a uh, sprint over Maxime Marot of France and then uh friend of the pod Vlad Daskalou of Romania yeah. in uh, third and yeah anyways it was cool to see mountain bike racing down in South America mm-hmm. um I think next week they're back in Alpstop Germ- Germany but I love mountain bike racing um I'm sad to see that it will be going off of Red Bull TV, um, yes. to, to the discovery app channel or whatever discovery plus it's going to be, um, okay. one more thing for me to buy a subscription. If hopefully they're not like flow and they give us the monthly option instead of like the one year only option. <laughs> they do. That's all I'm, okay. That much God. I know. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. anyways, mountain bike racing rules. And then that leads mm-hmm. me into the Sea Otter side. I will say that the Grodio did a good job of the recap of the Lifetime Grand Prix. Okay. But um, when you're at Sea Otter, Spencer, you've been to Sea Otter. Yeah. You're, you're in the middle of the Laguna Seca Raceway. And when you're yep. in the expo area, you don't even know a race is going on around you. Like it's... No. no right? Because no, no. there's, there's, no. there's fences, there's walls, concrete walls to keep race cars from taking you out. Um, yeah. Along the way... Yeah. It was a few years ago that I was there that I remember at 8 a.m. on the Thursday morning, the opening day, I saw the world championship stripes of Kate Courtney riding by. And I was like, oh, who's the, you know, who's the Fred out there in the world championship stripes on a Thursday at 8 a.m.? No, it was Kate Courtney because (laughs) it's not like a spectator event. It just kind of like you throw you out there. Lifetime did a good job of like the big video screen and all that, but for a kickoff event for lifetime grand prix it is the worst possible event for it because it is a 40 kilometer loop that you go out and back and you do it twice so there's no even like the race coverage that was on the tv that every now and then i'd go watch Mm -hmm. it was a lot of frankie andreu talking because they couldn't get cameras out onto the course because the loop is like in the middle of the desert it's it's basically everything that ended mountain biking in the nineties from a TV perspective <laughs> still existing at this race. That's um, weird. That's but, a good way to start. Yeah. That's yeah. how I'd start. Yeah. That sounds great. But I mean, you know, Keegan Swenson yeah. laid down. It was, it was pretty impressive. I'd, I'd put that more on then, the, uh, on the event itself rather than the, uh, the promoters then, or the, the purchasers of the event, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, Maria Wilson took the win to, I just, I wanted to say that I'm all for the Lifetime Grand Prix. Mm -hmm. This is a bad event to start it off in. 
And then the next event is um, Kanza. And as uh, Bill Scheich in front of the pod said, it's like a 200-mile time trial on gravel. I mean, yeah. really, the only exciting race to really watch is going to be Schwamigan because it's two hours. Like, it, it's a two-hour race. It's, it's the, Made it's for the TV. shortest of them all. Yeah. They're going to be able to get some decent coverage because you're going to be able to run an ATV on like the 40 foot wide trail yeah. that 90 most of the, the race is on. Yeah. There's and, no dumb single track. And it's the like, hardest event, like by far, like Unbound holds not a candle to Schwamigan. Well, yeah, so. for sure. And it, I would say that Lifetime Grand, or sorry, the Seattle race, it's like a one and a half kilometer sprint on the racetrack to a gate. Like it's a literal gate in the middle of a fence. And then that's the single track that determines basically if you win or lose the event. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Russell Finsterwald was on his rollers on the starting grid because he's smart. He's done it before. Uh-huh. The other folks that didn't know, <laughs> eh, you know, yeah. Yeah. It that's just, rough. It's like, can't you do one whole lap of the track? Like let's do yeah. like, you know, <laughs> do a mile and a half. Maybe that spreads them out a little bit before you go into the thing. Anyways, events, bike, real bike races, not not a pretend show for show events um, that are held at expositions uh, have historically never been good. They are just they're just bad events, and it's are bad bike races, um, and it's just an unfortunate reality. We need to move on from the sea otter professional races and and the and the like. And before we move on from this, I will just say that not every racer that was part of the 30 selected even entered the race. So some people are not even like, right? Like remember you had to apply, you had to apply. So some people decided not to show up. Yeah. Some people were injured. Some people couldn't get bikes. Um, Some people crashed out during the race. Feel horrible. Ruth Winder um, probably could have been in the top 10. She's definitely got the Watts. So like, uh, wait, like wait, wait, six, let's go back, let's go back, so, back. Couldn't get bikes. Yeah. Like, so, um, I know there's some bike the, issues, but right last year's bike, man. So, like, well, the problem oh, that's is, sold. Um, that's been on eBay. Uh, um, Amanda Dowman was saying that she was talking, I believe to Flavia who had done quite well at the, on the gravel races that she didn't come to see her because she didn't have a mountain bike. And then she realizes that it's the same gravel course as the road as the mountain bike race. And she probably could have ridden a gravel bike out there. I think it's just, there's not a lot of like, you know, there's not a lot of like course previews going on on this course. Like this is the first year of this event. It's fantastic. This is pro bike racing in the U S this is, how can it be that bad? Like, so if you, I'm just, it boggles my mind. If you're in the event, all you, uh you just have to do a little bit of research, like call two or three people, find out what it is and just borrow a bike. Even if you get, middle of the pack well, that's more points toward the overall than if you don't show up like why did you get into the 30 if you're not going to show up like that makes no sense and like if everybody uh-huh. else crashes out at leadville like you get 30th in this first race suddenly you win the series overall that this makes zero sense well this isn't an 80s movie first of all um 
uh, where the it whole competition work. crashes out in front of our hero. But well, turned, uh, yeah, no, it's inserted. I guess it's a 2022 a, movie where half the competition says, as I, can't, a, "I can't find a bike with Di2, well, so I guess I won't go." As a sponsored professional athlete, I'm pretty sure you can't just ride whatever bike that you borrowed from wherever, even no, if it's you your brands from last year. Uh, you but, need to be uh, meeting some contractual obligations. Here's the argument. That makes no then, sense from a contractual perspective. Like, as, if you're, as someone you're who has sponsor. written the contracts <laughs> that were signed by professional athletes, <laughs> but, I will say we would point. not have liked it had people written last year's stuff. So it's better to have no representation, to have everybody be like, didn't didn't uh, didn't Spencer sponsor like four racers that got a we, lifetime Grand Prix, and then those racers are like, oh yeah, I couldn't go because they can't get stuff at all. So we we had uh, at at the at the <laughs> that uh, looks better. at the tire company, yeah. we had some athletes that didn't like certain uh, treads, um, yeah. or preferred another brand's version of that tread, and would just ride them and black out the logos and everything because they're like, yeah, it's fine, but we know. We see it and we get mad about it. <laughs> we get very but, mad about it because we didn't pay you all this money to not ride I, our tires. But it's not just the not having the like. Only twenty-two of the thirty men finished the race. Like, there's a lot of people missing the first event of the series. So the series is six races, right? And you can only and only five and races count. So five like, you're going to drop yeah. one. Yeah. So yeah, but you don't uh, lose there's a collective race. percentage of the group that was like. This is the eh. one. This is the one I'm I'm phoning it Which, in. Yeah, and like some people were injured, right? Payson has a broken collarbone yeah, from mid south. Like sense. so but you're kinda anyways. You don't want to give away your you don't want to give away your worst result though. My my thing is like you show up to everyone and like if the legs don't work, the legs don't work. You roll thirtieth because you don't know, maybe at Leadville, like your bike breaks in half and you have to walk it and you get sixtieth and like you need that thirtieth. <laughs> You know, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll we'll do the deep dive on the data at the end know. of the series. I'm this, sure. Uh, and this seems get a little guy. Uh, I will say this though. The numbers. It's, it's pretty clear that the mountain bike races, right, are going to be by far the biggest specialty events, which is Leadville yeah. and Sea Otter. Because Leadville, basically, it's the the single track out, and then you're then you're descending a mountain when all like mm-hmm. the dentists are climbing back up at altitude. So it's going to be a great time. Yeah, that's going to be a great time. But I mean, we do know what's going to be the defi- decider. We can't wait. We'll, well be there. Um, if, anyways. if, if any of the professionals happen to be listening to this podcast, looking, trying to glean some information about Schwamigan of which we are experts. Um, yeah. I'm pretty some sure little guy others. could tell them definitely ride a gravel bike. Definitely ride. Not a mountain bike. It's going to be fine. Yeah. And you'll have a good time. For sure. And little guys always sponsor correct on the bikes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. If um, a sponsor ever gave me a bike, I'd be correct on it, but no sponsor ever gave me a bike to be correct <laughs> on it. So. Uh, what was the brand uh, of bike you rode at Schwamigan? Built built in your basement? It's a kind of mountain. Kind of mountain. There uh, you go. I mean, to, yeah, it's a cobbled together to... To be a pretend mountain climb. Didn't you come climbs. up with a brand name for it too? Kind of mountain, because they were God, called okay. mountain climbs. So I made a kind of mountain, because it's not really a. Oh, climb. of course. Yeah, I that mean, makes sense. 
Well, yeah. I explained it to you like multiple years in a row. So I thought, maybe. yeah, I had a stroke. I don't know if you remember. It's my four-year anniversary of a stroke last week. So yeah, you know, some, some, some things conveniently fo- get forgotten. <laughs> okay. Um, cool. What we should do, guys, is we do need to check in with a European correspondent, Michael Matthews, see how things are going in his buildup for his Ardanes campaign in a few weeks' time. Here is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the Prem Lap once again. We'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out about our family of shows, including the award-winning Criterium Nation with its amazing brand-new series embedded with the Project Echelon team as they go across the country barnstorming to victory in Criterium Racing. Check it out. At WideAnglePodium.com, you can find out more about our family of shows and how you can become a supporter of the network. Yeah. Um, It's easy to do. It helps us out a lot. It helps all the shows in the network uh, keep doing what we're all doing. Um, Like Tim mentioned, the Criterium Nation series is incredible. Cannot wait uh, for the follow-ups on that. Uh, And... As he also mentioned, Grodio has been absolutely crushing gravel news. If you want to actually know what happened in this race, aside from how bad their course was or the promotion was, um, if you want to know actual details, not just weird opinions, uh, go over and check out uh, Grodio. And uh, <laughs> Tim's giving me a funny look, but it's true. I don't know if my opinion was weird. It may not be right. Uh, I will accept that, but weird. All right. Kind of strong. Well, um, either way, uh, whether you think it's weird or right or neither, um, you can head over to wideanglepodium.com, become a donor, and uh, keep keep hearing more of those weird opinions. That's right. All right, let's get back to the show. Hi, this is Dan from Nam. Namibia, not Vietnam, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are once again, back to the show. Shout out to all the listeners who continue to send us emails, checking up on us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. Are you guys ready to get into the mailbag? Yes, we got some good ones. Absolutely. All right, first up, friend of the pod. Nicholas hits us up, says, forget all what is happening this weekend. The big news is here. Hello, fellows. I'm so excited that you did it. You seem to have a very important and attentive French audience that picked up a few ideas from you. It seems to be the rumor that the start of the 2024 Tour de France will be scheduled in the good old U.S. of A. Not only that, but more precise details reveal that there will be a one-week American leg of the tour. Amazing. Yeah. It's be pretty good. It's going to be in Florida. Some ideas that are being looked into more than a brain brain exercise are a team time trial in Florida on the Daytona Raceway where the riders do not all ride at once, but each rider, all seven, must complete one lap on the raceway, passing a water bottle to the next rider, sort of like 
the little five. But with time trial bikes and water bottles, bonus points and seconds for the team that spilled or drank the least of the given bottle during the event. Not oh, bad. And Spencer's going to be a that's, ringer for that event. Yeah, that's my vote for sure. I would say I can't think of anything more picturesque than Daytona, Florida. Um, let's see. A mountain stage in East Hampton and a finish on top of Mount Tom. Yeah. A Grinch Association isn't too far of here. So the fine folks of the ASO and the UCI came up with the idea to incorporate it. All the riders who finish before the rider that is at that point wearing the green jersey can make the trip to Bentonville to do the final <laughs> stage by bus. Wolf. All those who finish behind the rider wearing the green jersey must make the trip to Bentonville by bike. More on this later. To start. That, I like it. That is motivational. I like that idea. Yeah, I like it because it's convoluted too. I like that. That's how I uh-huh. do my cycling. Yeah. If the green jersey, if he's last place on the stage, or they, um, do they have to take the bus, or you know, can everyone pay them off to be last? These are the questions I want. Yeah, to what, what, yeah, we need these edge cases. Like, what is the green jersey always on the bus? Yeah, we need to know. We'll work this Nick, out. Nicholas continues. There is a mention of doing some sort of track style stage in Minnesota, but details are scarce at the moment. It is uncertain if the ASO is referring to the track as a velodrome. Or railway tracks, as some suggest, referring to the expected exponential boom of rail bikes in this part of the country in the next uh-huh. few years. Yeah, well, yeah. I will say that without a velodrome in Minnesota, since it was taken away from us, yeah. um, rail bikes are all the rage in track racing. They are. <laughs> Rumor has it rail bikes are the hot new thing. The final stage is held at Bentonville and will include an off-road section that is in fact the UCI 2022 Cyclocross World Championship course and a part indoor through the Walmart warehouse and facilities. As mentioned, a part of the Peloton will not be present due to their 1,500-mile trip from East Hampton to Bentonville, but this does not mean they're an automatic exclusion for the rest of the race. They still have the day of the stage in Bentonville and the rest day that follows to make it there. Oh. See, now that's fair. That's tough, yeah. but fair. I like that. Mm-hmm. It took hey. me a few days to find and piece all this info together to, have a, to give a comprehensive and true look at what the ASO and UCI are up to. But mm-hmm. the ball got rolling with you guys giving them the hint to do a halftime show on the rest day and the idea of the Eurosong contest. It is amazing what their money and power and your great ideas can accomplish in such a short time. But it's all in the pipeline. There's already a Euro song style contest called the American Song Contest being put together and tested on national television to ensure it will all work out. So, gentlemen, how excited uh-huh. are you for the Tour de France to start in 2024 here in America for a week? Palm? <laughs> will you guys be inclined to go? I think be? we should send a quick note over to our pals at the ASO and maybe try to get that Daytona stage, um, move to like, a like a Disney world, uh, criterium, um, well, something like that, like a pro- prologue. Um, have you guys been following this though? About the Disney? The, no, that the tour could be here for week one. Oh no, I've been following the Disney. But go- no, you know, I, ever since I got let down with the Giro, uh, not being in, um, DC, you know, those rumors kind of following, falling apart. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to give credence to these kind of things. You know, if you guys had to do a one week Mm -hmm. stage of the tour, right. Opening, Mm -hmm. opening days. Yeah. Yeah. 
Where would you put it? Oh, the blueprint's already made. It's the tour of California, baby. <laughs> well, that's it. Like, it'd be uh, the most picturesque. So right? boring, it, though. But it would be, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't do that, but the blueprint is there. I mean, um, they've got to do it, like, in Colorado, right? Like, that would be the, like, some kind of mountain passes. Like, they're not going to do Kansas. No, no, no. They got to do Speed Week. They got to they gotta call Rob yeah, at Criterium Nation and start to, they got to do Tulsa. They got to do tough. Uh, yeah, they got to do uh, three days in Tulsa. Beef? They're uh. absolutely gonna. Wait, I want to see Euro crit beef. Um, they've got to do Athens. I'd like to see two hundred world tour riders on the Athens course. I do um, hope that wherever they do it, it's nowhere near like an international airport. So they're really gonna just have to complain about like all. Oh, the there's absolutely the no way. Yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to take. Well, now, if they all they, uh, invest in the rail bikes, it wouldn't be a problem now, would it? I mean, the easiest place that they would do this would probably be in Quebec, right? Like, they do it in Quebec and then come down into, like, New England. Like, America's favorite state. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I think they start in Boston, they go to New York, then they go to they go to Philly, and they go, go to D.C. Yeah. I'm sure the locals would love the traffic. Concerns. The locals already love the traffic in Boston, I mean, so the, I feel like the thing is everyone's mad about traffic already. How how much worse can it get? I think People's, I think Tim was onto something. Outrage. You say you do a big promo thing about first week of the tour in America, and then you just do it in Quebec, and most people <laughs> don't know the difference. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good fake. I heard, out, a, I, like it. I heard there's a maple syrup heist. Yeah. Maybe it dips across and does some of the gravel climbs in Vermont or something and then goes yeah. back up. I don't know. It's like, yeah, sweet. All right, That'd let's continue in the old mailbag. Um, Gmail, uh, this one comes to us from Greg. Little guy science corner update. Ooh. Hey, guys. Yeah. Since Spencer is likely deep in a training block with no time to chase the mysteries of New England forests, I That's took it true. upon myself to go find match like lichen. From episode 379, despite passing several other small old cemeteries with similar looking lichen, Peter Sham's <laughs> lichen, and I'm yeah. sure you'll agree, is the best example of lichen ever. Uh-huh. Looking it forward is. to more Little Guy Science Corner <laughs> and four amazing photos that we will share on our very own Instagram account when we get access to it again uh-huh. eight years from now. If, if and yeah. ever. Yeah, we should put so, them on the Twitter so people can actually see them. I have a, ridden by several uh, very old graveyards out in the area here, and um, I have not mm-hmm. been past the 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 one um, that little guy made famous on episode three seventy whatever. Um, too far for you. <laughs> it's too far. Uh, it's too hilly over there. I haven't I haven't gone to see it, but it, it's tempting. If the lichen on those gravestones is that much better than the ones just a few miles away over here. Yeah. I might have to check it out. World it famous lichen. Yeah. It's lovely. Um, I wish I, I wish I, yeah, it looks great. I'd love to ride to some, some old cemeteries. <laughs> well, you know, maybe we can time it when Spencer's out of that, this portion of the training block, when he gets to get to some Hills in a couple months. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. why don't you love us anymore? This email comes to us <laughs> from Steve. Hey guys, missing the pod these last few weeks. I hope mm. all is well. Dot, dot, dot. With no slow ride podcast, I have been forced to get my cobbled classic info elsewhere and have stumbled upon the back of the bus podcast co-hosted 
by the one and only 11-time Canadian time trial champion and slow ride podcast favorite Sven Tuft. Uh. Probably a little too much CanCon for you Southerners, but the latest Paris, Paris Roubaix preview with Matt Heyman is well worth a listen and has partially filled the void. Keep up. Get back at the good work. What is the classic seasons without the slow ride pod? Take care, Steve. Thank you so much. We're happy to still be back here. And I got to tell you, Sven Tuff's podcast, it's amazing. I could use a lot more Canadian content in my life. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't listened yet, but it, it seems like oh. it's straight into Tim's veins sort of thing, oh. situation. Yeah. No. And again, we let off with it, but we do apologize for missing two pretty important weeks in the spring classics uh, here on the slow ride pod. Um Top five snafus. Top five slow ride podcasts favorite cyclists. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Number one, Alejandro Valverde. Mm. Okay. All right. No, no. I mean, you guys, you guys, collective, collective, like Alejandro Valverde. He'll be on the list. So yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. We don't. Okay, we don't even just top five. Valverde. Yeah. 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 I'm assuming that Sven Tuft is in there. Yeah. Yeah. Who else do we got? Michael Matthews? Yeah, obviously. I don't know. Is it love? Obviously. (laughs) Who else we got? Mitch. Mitch? Mitch should be in there. Dan See now, see now yes, I was saying now we we've got we got previous we got previous guests and we got basically So yeah, let's go. We got Dan Craven, we got Mitch, we got Abby. Um Abby Mickey, Abby Skeens. Squeens, yeah. squeens. Do we need to separate squeens. out guests from non-guests? Squeens. So we have ten. <laughs> squeens. <laughs> Maybe. Well, especially because we gotta get we gotta get Dan back on the show at some point. Um, yeah, he's, talking about the new he's bikes. building so we, bikes. Yeah, he started a bike company. Dude, you see the videos? The yeah, yeah, it looks amazing. <laughs> bikes so look cool. sick. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay. that's three, so and then we got Valverde. Valverde makes four, and then we throw some tough in there. That's five. That that seems like a solid list to me. Tom Boonen uh, might just, you know, miss the wide angle podium there. Yeah. George Hincapie uh, is not even on. No. Apparently he's not. not he's, he's had a big fall from grace. Um, you know, we had several people write in about the donkey and the location, so we'll get into that as well. Um, but uh, the hunt is on, and until we find that donkey, I don't think he has, I don't think he has a chance of cracking that top five. Mm. It's going to be hard. I think he's going to be to hard. I think Tom, Tom's is right there on there. He's, oh, yeah. He's, He's, Tom's has definitely got bumped out by Abby, he's, though. He's he's got it. Yeah, he's just got to. If he comes on the show, maybe make that top five, Tom's. But. Eh, maybe. So let's get into the mailbag. I can't <laughs> find the donkey, but I did find the jackass. <laughs> oh. This email comes to us from friend of the pod, David Price. Dear Slow Ride Podcast, greetings to you and yours. I missed you last week and the week before. During the last episode, you asked the question, where's the donkey, George? Well, Mm -hmm. I don't know how to answer that question, but I now know where the jackass is. Last Sunday at Paris Roubaix, he was clapping with both feet over the white limit line, much to the chagrin of Yves Lampere. And last year at the stage one of the Tour de France, she was holding an OP-OMI sign in front of the competitors. Perhaps you can explain what the rules are, and if I'm off base, let me know, but it certainly appears that the riders are permitted to ride on that flat patch of tarmac, which is often located outside the cobblestone sections. And it appeared that this handlebar grabber man at Paris Bay had both feet <laughs> over the white limit line mm. where he made contact with Lampere. 
While Eurosport stated this is unfortunate part of cycling, this happens almost every year in a key race. In 2018, yeah. it was Nibali who suffered a broken vertebra in the tour at the hands of an out-of-control fan. In yeah. 2014, oh. Chris Froome was struck by a fan during the tour. All of these races are organized by the same organization. Absolutely nothing has been done, and despite the risk of death or serious injuries which exist. By the way, um, David uh, fails. There, there's so many other examples, right? Oh, Johnny right. Hoogerland uh, getting uh, just you know almost murdered by a vehicle um, into the, uh, I mean, the barbed wire fence. Zindik uh, Stebar at Peru Bay uh, oh, yeah. hitting the camera oh. lens uh, from the photographer. Unnamed photographer who we definitely don't know who it was. Who was the, the guy the, that the quick step DS last week running over some of his own riders? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. That was just it was, he was on mission from Patrick Lefebvre. Um, uh, what motivation? Who was the rider that mission? got sliced? Do you remember the those PMU green hands at the at the tour for the green jersey? The big like yeah. cardboard yeah. hands. Was that Tor yeah. Hushfold that got cut? It was by, like yeah laceration. Okay. Uh, Dave continues, uh, society changes. We have attempted to address oppression in various forms from slavery to racism to labor injustice. Well, fans having free reign to assault the racers also needs to end. Fans should be ejected from crossing the limit lines and there should be barriers that finish and narrow sections of the race course to protect the participants. Is it going to take the death of a rider before someone acts? Many of these fans are known to be crazy. It would be all too easy for one to spray a caustic chemical or to arm himself with a we weapon. This is a travesty and must stop. Is there any, ever, was there ever an issue that underscored the need for a cyclist union? This is it. I mean, it, it is amazing that we've been around this long that there hasn't been, you know, the complete yeah. and utter tragedy. You know, there's been tragedy, but not like the absolute maximum tragedy at these races that have such a open arena mm -hmm. of yeah. sports. I mean, it, it does like baffle my mind how we're not, we haven't had to have this bigger discussion, but I think David brings up like a good point. Like this is ridiculous every year. Paris Bay. Why are you clapping with your hands out? Yeah. yeah. Why do you not have barriers forcing people onto the cobbles? But it's, there's just, I mean, it feels like there's almost not saying that there sh shouldn't be more protection, but there, there's just so, so many little things to, to look into. Well, it feels like it's whack-a-mole forever. Yeah. And it'll I mean, never be perfect. Well, look at I the mean, races the that reason... have cars going on the road when there's like a rolling yeah. enclosure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look at look at, at Lombardy in 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 2020 or whatever. I mean, in, in a monument you've got Shockman running into the into a, having a car run in, you know, someone in the car mm -hmm. come out and run into him, you know, it's not even like a little race. I mean, it's in Italy, but it, you know, it's still a big race. <laughs> yeah. Um Yes. I mean, it's it feels, probably the most feels, realistic of us riding road bikes together, right? You'd be dealing with all types of chaos out there. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I, I mean, it's just when I think about my, my personal feelings lately of uh, my, my, my daily commute, it's been just too many <laughs> interactions with drivers that feel insane and unwarranted. And I'm Do you just, know where you're not going to get any interactions with drivers, little guy? Or yeah. interactions with any human being? Yeah. Riding your rail bike. No, I wish. If there was a way I could ride a rail bike uh, to, to to school and to work, that would be great because um, I don't want to be on the roads mm. at all. <laughs> it's terrible. It's fine in the morning. It's not, it's not in the afternoon. <laughs> well, um, you know, 
I feel it's okay if the cars honk at you a little bit before they hit you, like the <laughs> DS from Quick Step uh, claimed that he did yeah. before he plowed yeah. into a bunch of riders I at the finish line. And they didn't move. Yeah. It's like they were in a bike race yeah. and they didn't care what you were honking about. Uh, I That mentality is just buck wild um, because from a the guy race. On a team, yeah. yeah, the guy in the. the guy, he, he, the race is not about the car. It's not about where you are. You don't have the right of way. The bike race does, you know, like yeah. stop. Were you shocked you know? it was a quick step DS? Though? No. no. You know, like, they continue you know, to disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> Much like their spring campaign, uh, it continues to disappoint. And all of all of the team, everybody associated with that team continues to disappoint, which is unfortunate. Um, but uh, you guys, I did get, some messages regarding the donkey as well. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. So got? I, uh, we got some um, communication from Scott who uh, claimed he was going to be able to talk to George, find out where the donkey was, get, okay. get to the bottom of it straight away. But he sent me a message that I was not able to talk to George, but I did talk to his son. Oh, Okay. Uh, but he says he's doubtful that the young Hincapi will remember to tell his dad. So we, we may be, um, the mystery of the donkey may continue. Um, so the but son does, didn't know where it was. Well, not offhand, but he was going to find out. Uh, but he goes on to say, I will comment that uh, George's son looked, and he, and he put this in quotes. So I think he's doing his best super rookie impression here. So it's, I will say he looked resplendent in his leader's jersey, racing no schleck, fully zipped up, with a perfectly sized climber's chain. Nice. So maybe there's hope for the youth after all. Yeah, the kids are all right. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I thought we were going to have a lead on the yeah. donkey, but okay. uh, still, still one of American cycling's greatest mysteries. It is. I, I've got two mysteries. This is by far the biggest. The second is whatever happened to the Klein bike in the Seinfeld episodes, right? Like someone should be able to track that thing down. Because mm -hmm. you figure it's probably in like a a prop warehouse somewhere in L.A. Yeah. Forks so, still backwards. All that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yes. anyway. We can't find the donkey. We need to. We got another email. This one okay. comes to us from Ken. The donkey dipper... In a new type of super rookie curse? Uh -huh. Let's dig in. Okay. Last Tuesday, I set up upon myself a challenge I've attempted two times before. The double hundo. I've attempted this with the company of others on previous occasions in various locations, but this would be a solo feat. 65% paved, 35% gravel, and 9,000 feet of climbing. Oof. The oh, route I designed here in Minnesota was to challenge the body, mind, spirit, the Dimple Dunkle, the Donk Diggler, the Dougie Dipper. One of the advantages of doing the Donkey Doppler on Tuesday was knowing <laughs> I had a new slow ride pod to listen to to carry yeah. me through the hard <laughs> <No>. times. <laughs> after, riding the first, after riding the first 50 windy, dark, cold miles of the Durf Dumper, I was expecting <laughs> relief by listening to a refreshing recap of Amstel Gold. But to my astonishment, no pod. I refreshed my screen multiple times. No pod. 
but they mm-hmm. already missed one last week. Where's the pod, super rookie? Where's the pod, little guy? Spencer, I'm leaving you out of this. No way it could ever be his fault. I panicked, so That's I fair. put on my BG's album, Spirits Haven't Flown, which softened the blow just a little. No pod, but I pressed on. I battled 100 miles of punishing cross and headwinds to be met with out of nowhere hailstorm. Well, nowhere to go. I got in a ditch and put my bike on top of me, trying to take refuge under my frame bag. I recovered in a farm shed across the road, checked the weather, which looks somewhat safe for the rest of the duck docker. I got out of Red Wing around mile 150, pressed on my way back home to Minneapolis. The end was in sight. I was going to complete the double dip, achieve greatness. Once again, unprepared, I could see a storm system coming from the west and another from the south about to sandwich me into a world of pain. I gravel time trial to the aid of a monster tailwind with lightning around me to take refuge at the House of Coates, a cheeky name bar in Coates, Minnesota. Checked the weather once again, and at that point, I was in a severe thunderstorm till 1 a.m. With responsibilities of the next day, I had to call it. Had a friend pick me up and DNF'd my third attempt. Is the hey. dusty dumper cursed or is this the new type of super rookie curse? Thank you for making the pod when there is a pod. Oof. <laughs> I've got so much to say on this. First off, yeah. thank well, you for the email. Second, yes. apologies for not having the, the, you know, the podcast there for you. But I got to tell you, I've been to the House of Coats. Solid bar on uh, Highway 52. I do wonder why you're on 52 heading through Coates, Minnesota. Um but that's why you know you were putting some you're putting some miles in all the way down to Red Wing. Respect. Um, BG's not my ride in music as of late. Oh man, I was gonna congratulate him on uh, staying alive through that ride. Well done. Did you guys bada see the videos that he included? Yeah, it looks. I remember that weather. Oh yeah, yeah. it's I mean, basically he... why the Nature Valley Grand Prix was the worst race ever. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. true. When I first read this email, I thought to myself, I was re- reading about all this terrible weather, and I was thinking, man, that was one of the nicer days we've had in April. The, um, but seriously. Even with, even with the multiple hailstorms. <laughs> the hailstorm with the frame bag for protection. That's like, yeah. that's some next level. I that's appreciate some, it. Yeah, yeah, that's some solid stuff. That's, uh, yeah. you know, keep that in the back of your mind, you know, uh, for when you get caught in a hailstorm, you know? I'm going to be out of luck because I don't have a frame bag. But I mean, that's the type of thing you tell your grandkids about, you know? <laughs> not bad. I, I, not not I, I, the super rookie curse. No, Try it yeah, a fourth I think time. This you'll is you'll better, get it done. Maybe better than finishing is having this story to tell, you know? Oh. Yeah, I think that, I don't know if it's fully cursed. I mean, it's April. What are you going to do? It's April in Minnesota. Yeah, try this in you July. Known. You might be safe. You do this in June, you're Definitely, like Tim said, you're going to get that Nature Valley weather, so you're going to be ankle deep in a in a downpour. I think you got to do flood. it. In, you got to do it in October in no, Minnesota. This is a yeah. this is a little bit victim blaming here, uh, you guys. I think um, telling him what he did <laughs> he wrong. He's practically act, asking uh, for it. I, I think the, the real guilty parties here. I'm impressed. Are yeah. are this podcast letting the man down? Like this is why we cannot skip weeks. Is because yeah. people yeah. are depending like life and death situations uh, mm-hmm. on the Slow Ride podcast, and you know it's it's something so, that I know we all take very um, very seriously, and um, that's that why did, we 
put our I best effort forward yeah. always on this podcast. Well, it's got me thinking, though, right? Like, the, seeing this email and all the other emails and text messages, mm-hmm. people coming up to me at Sea Otter asking where the podcast was, people genuinely concerned about us. Mm-hmm. It's, it had me thinking about our next business opportunity. Love it. We kind of touched on it yeah. a little bit earlier, but... Capitalism Corner. If we don't take advantage of it now, we might as well, but we need to we need to create a podcast for the metaverse, right? Oh, yeah. We what can't leave behind our, our digital selves and our digital fans either. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to think about the digital fans a little bit. Yeah. No, I mean, I think about them all the time. I, I, I got confused. Yeah, yeah. You know where there's a lot of rail biking to be had, little guy, where the where the train line never ends and there's never an express uh, CSX uh, barreling down on you. It's you in know, the there's the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it's, it's not a train coming at you, little guy. It's always sunshine. It's, yeah, it's oh, the future. That sounds great. Yeah, that's amazing. Hey, little guy, future. let me ask you a question. Yeah. If you could ride ask your rail me. bike anywhere, where would it be? I mean, at this point, I just want to ride it anywhere because I haven't been getting it. Where do you want it to work. be? I just want to ride it on What's that train dream? line in St. Paul. Okay, yeah, just a second. Right now, second. that's all I want to do. I'm just right, coding just up. just coded uh, that yeah, into, the old, uh, oh, <laughs> into the old metaverse. We're good. Just uploaded it into the metaverse. Uh, slow, wow, slow ride. Amazing. Meta slow ride. Dot com. I, is it on the internet? I don't know. We're going to have to figure this out. Yeah. But, I mean, guys, there's a lot of bike racing to be had in the metaverse. I know some people think that the metaverse cycling may exist. It doesn't. Zwift no. doesn't have a monopoly on it. No. We're going to create it ourselves. No, absolutely uh, not. And I'm looking forward to the first week of the tour in the Slow Ride Podcast metaverse. Yeah, well, it'll be taking place in the U.S., or wherever. Yeah. So, uh, little guy, what do we have coming up? I think we got the Ardanes, right? We got a uh, Wednesday bike racing in uh, Wallone. Yep. Flesh Wallone. Yep. Flesh Wallone Wednesday. So, day after this podcast drops. And then we got Liege. Um, oh, Liege. That's it. Tyler Hamilton may also be in the top five slow ride podcast uh, no. um, oh. cyclists. No. This, this, Oh, whenever I think of Liege, Bastogne Liege, I think of Tyler Hamilton's amazing performance with the separated shoulder and the, the cracked the teeth because he was in so much pain when he won in 2000. Yeah. Was that 2004? That was at the tour. He wasn't broken when he won Liege. Uh, He's dope to the gills. Perfect <laughs> form. <laughs> Perfect form. Rode away. It wasn't even a very exciting race. I, I remember watching the... The replay yeah. of that on the on the old DVD, um, yeah. the old World Cycling uh, Production Test DVD. Yeah, remember yeah. those? Yeah. I had a lot of those. Are um, we passed the statute of limitations on that one. I think we are, right? We have to be. Yeah. Who knows yeah. who owns yeah. the rights to those anymore? All right, who knows what happened yeah. to my DVD collection? Mine half of mine is in a milk crate in little guy's house somewhere, and the other half is in a milk mm-hmm. crate in my attic. Little guy, is that yeah, true? I got do you a still lot. have? Do you still have that milk crate? I have a lot because Spencer left a lot in the van when he moved. For some uh, reason, he took like half his collection. So I had stuff that Spencer, yeah, I had stuff that you'd given me mm-hmm. through the years. And then when you moved, you just left some things in the van, and and there was a pile of of some. 
some bike races in there too. So yeah. I think we're getting to the, tour. Yeah. I think, oh, I, think tour. What else? I think we're getting to the point where we can do another table at a bike swap. I've got an old Klein um, road bike <laughs> that I, that I uh-huh. need to sell. It's a touring um, bike. It's a gravel it's a, bike. It's, it's some cranks. Um, oh, that's funny. I got some Klein stuff too, Tim. Oh, it's my, it's my, <laughs> it's my, it's my tube. Um, oh yeah. All right. All right. Touche. Yeah. Well guys, <laughs> um, I, I, it's been great to see you again. Uh, yeah, you too, Tim. Timberwolves are back where they belong in the playoffs. Things are looking really good for the, for the three of us. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, flush for loan around the corner. Matthew Vanderpool, I'm sure he's going to win everything. And, um, he's not riding. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Michael Matthews is there to clean it up. Don't worry. I don't think he's riding either. Oh, it's going to be Alifuli. Alifuli's going to win both of them, Tim. You're going to be crying on the podcast. Is he going to pull the old David Rebel in, win all three? Well, I can't win all three because Amstel already happened and it's a weird year. So, oh, um, okay. yeah, I don't so like the I schedule. I guess Kwiatkowski could do this. Well, it's only because of a French election. So no, I get it, but I, I, I am always a big advocate for trying new things, but this didn't work. I don't like this schedule at all. I like Flanders and Bay right next to each other. Yeah, it's a little weird. I, I So I have to say I like this better than we heard the floating around this last week of Roubaix moving to the fall. Ooh, no, I like that. Terrible. I love that idea. That's a no, wonderful I love idea. It. Because there's this great oh. block of Italian classics. I don't know uh-huh. if I've told you guys about them. <laughs> I don't think They're so. really great, and they need... They need their own Tim, special you, time to shoot the metaverse. Have you ever heard Paris talk about this? happening in the fall. Um, no, I haven't. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't think I've heard little well, guy Tell me this. more about these Italian races. Yeah, we'll have to put it off to next week. We're kind of l- running long. And with uh, that, we'd like to thank you for listening to the Slow Ride podcast. We'd like to thank all of our listeners and supporters. Also, please make sure to email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com and to find us only on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. <laughs> <laughs> this is Tim. We still have a Tumblr. Uh, do we? I don't know. I think the Probably. Instagram technically still exists, and maybe we'll have access to it eventually. Yeah. This is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis trying to get back into that Instagram. Uh-huh. And this is Spencer out in Western Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists riding the first week of a tour in America. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Little guy, are you listening to this? Where are you? It's not that hard. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast. And we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, The Grodio Podcast.